Morning everyone, what a joy and a privilege to speak to you today and I would love to open in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this opportunity to connect with you, to encounter you, the living God, the greatest gift that there ever is at Christmas. And I pray that as we dive into your word today as we explore the gift of hope. I pray that you would, um, that hope would rise in our hearts. I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would inspire us. I pray that ultimately we would become more like you, Jesus. You're the hope bringer and you call us to be hope bringers in the world. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Brilliant. So I'm so excited to share. Now we've had one of these weeks as a family uh, where it just sort of seems like most things go wrong. So firstly, we had an issue with our borehole, which we thought has been perfectly fine. And uh, suddenly we, we sort of just think maybe, well, you know, let's just get this tested just to see. And it's not actually safe to drink. Now, we're so grateful that we have a borehole. That's obviously incredible when many people don't. But we were suddenly like, oh my goodness, um, now we, we've got to find another plan and boil up water. But, but that's okay. That's one thing. Then, suddenly over the weekend, our uh, internet dies. We think, okay, well, it's just a standard little, you know, fault or a problem was solved. No, no, no. There's a new company, a lovely company, that has been digging up their own fiber trenches around our neighborhood and uh, happened to cut through our own fiber in multiple places. So, Paul Zoll come here, and uh, who, who's our internet provider, and they are searching everywhere, firstly, to find the exit point out our property of our fiber connection, which no one knows um, because it was done years and years ago. So that took them ages. And then they had to replace bit by bit all the way up. And then on top of that, uh, our area has been getting more and more faults because I think of underground cables. And so we had had no power for three days. And there was a few other things that came to pass. But, you know, we sat there, or at least I sat there, and you get to that place of going, what hope is there for Zimbabwe in, a, in an economic sense? You sit there going, with all these things going wrong and everything going downhill, at least in the economic sense, what hope is there for this country? And obviously when the power cuts go, the time you really think about this is in the middle of the night when uh, the fans are off because there's no power, because your batteries have run out and the mosquitoes are dive bombing you and smashing you in the face. And it's those points where you sit and go, oh my goodness, is there hope for this place? Now, those are very tiny problems. So let's think about them in context. They're, they're not huge problems at all. So they're very, very small problems. But in those times, you can easily say that phrase that I just said now, there is no hope for this nation. Now, personally, I don't believe that actually economic uh, growth and development is necessarily an indicator that God is working. And in fact, it might not be that conducive to God's kingdom advance. Why? Well, because often when things are more difficult, we actually think about him more. So it may not be the best thing for God's kingdom advance for Zimbabwe to get any better in an economic sense anyway. But it's something that we pray for. That's beside the point. Why do we use the word hope or no hope to describe what we feel about the future. That's what the word uh, comes uh, to, to, to well up within us. That's the kind of emotion the word hope brings up is about the future. We often also use hope more lightly when we say things like, hey, hope you're well, or hope you had a good day, or hope you feel better soon. It means that there's this expectation of how things will turn out in the future, and we want that to be a good expectation. 
So what exactly is hope? It may be difficult to define, but simply put, hope is the expectation of good coming. The expectation of good coming. It's the belief in a preferred future compared to the present situation. It's a belief in what something can be like, a hope for what something could be like compared to what it is now. And hope is incredibly powerful. You see, what are the different things we can place our hope in? Well, there's many stories told of prisoners, prisoners of war, or others who have endured the most difficult of situations because of the hope that they might be rescued, the hope that they might be freed. There's people who have been uh, shipwrecked or have been abandoned, be it on islands or for whichever reason, and because of the hope that they might be found, the belief that the future might get better for them, they've been able to endure a huge amount. There's older people who have lived a lot longer than they should because they've been waiting for either somebody to give birth in the family or to just see a long lost relative. And so they've had this um, th this desperate sort of um, hope uh, that, that something's going to change in the future, that, that somehow that person's going to come and it keeps them alive way longer than they ever thought possible. Sometimes we can place our hope in other things. Maybe it's in the next job breakthrough. And if, if I just get that job, if I just get that new job, then things might be okay. Maybe it's in a new nation to move to. We just spoke about the tough things in Zim. Maybe our hope could be in a new nation of greener pastures where we might go, uh, you know, if, if I just get to that place, if, I, if I'm just able to move in there, everything's going to be okay. I have hope that life will be better. It could be in a spouse or in another person. If I'm just in that relationship or if that person's just in my life or if that person is just a friend, then things are going to be okay. I have hope in the future. Now, the problem with all of these things is that they may bring us a certain level of hope, but what you do, or what do you do rather, when human hopes fail? What do you do in that scenario? Because they will. Everything human and everything in this world, if we place our trust, if we put hope into that, it will most definitely fail because no one can do anything perfectly. We all are fallen. We all are broken. You see, no one can provide ultimate hope. What I mean by ultimate hope? Well, I mean a hope that transcends every need we might have or think that we have. Not a preferred future, but the best possible future. That's what I mean by an ultimate hope. Now, Romans 15, verse 13, if you want to turn there with me uh, in your Bibles, look at what it says here. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You notice that phrase, may the God of hope. So when we talk about ultimate hope, what I'm talking about is God himself. You see, he is the ultimate source of hope. He is the only one who can truly promise us hope because he's ultimately in control. Nobody else can, be it a bank account, be it a friend, be it a nation. It's not in control of itself. We might think we are, but God is. He's ultimately in control. So nothing that we rely on aside from God can give us a 100% guarantee for what we hope in and hope that they'll provide because they're not God. And so as we get towards Christmas, as we move into this Christmas season, 
as we look at the gift of hope that comes to Christmas. I want this to really set deeply into your heart. I want you to really embrace and grow deeply in what it means to have the hope from Christ, the hope from God, not in anything else. You see, when Christ came to earth, he brought us a Christmas gift of hope, the ultimate hope, one that will never fail even when others do. But how do we know that God will never fail us? How do we know that if we place our hope in him, he won't fail us? Because there's a lot of times I've heard of people who have trusted in things or trusted God for things, and it seems like what they hoped in didn't come to pass. Now, often that's because we put our hope in things that we think God has said or we, we misunderstand that he said, but he never has. But we can place our hope in absolute sure promises he's given and those will 100% come to pass and will never fail us. And that's what we look at in this Christmas message. So what are some of the things the God of hope provides us with that we can place 100% hope in? Firstly, salvation from sin, being saved from our sin. 1 Timothy 4 verse 10, it says, For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Do you see this? It says we have our hope set on the living God, who's the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. So, so Timothy, uh, sorry, Paul writing to Timothy is saying it's so important that you get that the one who we place our hope in for, for our deepest need in life, the brokenness of our lives, is the living God. You see, this is our greatest human need. We may not always realize it or feel our sin is that bad, but without Jesus coming to pay for our sin, we would have no solution to the sin crisis. And we all want justice. We want people to pay for their wrongdoing. We just don't want that justice pointed towards us a lot of the time. But God is just and he cannot sweep it under the carpet. And so what did he do? He made his own plan. He made his own solution as he's the only one who could do it. And so we place our hope in him, in what he achieved on the cross, in him coming as we look at it in Christmas time now, and then ultimately dying for us. And so we place our hope for a preferred future, for a life free from sin in him because of him coming to earth to the pay the price for us. So that's salvation from sin. Next one, a relationship with the living God. 1 Peter 3 verse, uh, sorry, 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 5. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 5. Let me read this to you. We've preached a, a series on this before. Absolutely love it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Isn't that an incredible passage? Did you notice there where it says, you have been... Um, through his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The moment that you and I turn to Christ, we experience a hope that in the present right now we have a relationship with Jesus and that it's going to last for all eternity. If you've never given your life to Christ, 
I want you to know that the moment that you do, the moment you hand over your life to Him and you trust in Him, He brings you into a relationship with the living God. You can talk to Him. You can hear His voice. You can walk with Him. I love having a relationship with the living God. It is precious. It is intimate. And it is so, so special. And so, so hope, we have hope in a relationship with the living God now and for all eternity. Next one. We can hope in the expectation of his return. Titus 2 verse 13. It says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So for Christ followers, what we place our hope in is the fact that the King is returning. It doesn't matter how tough things get here. On earth it doesn't matter how difficult things become it doesn't matter what we go through and where we suffer and the trials we face those things are difficult those things are hard but you know what we get with an amazing expectation of hope to look forward to the coming the return of the king the return of Jesus which is sure and promised and it is a hope that we can hold on to no matter what we face next one an eternity in heaven Colossians 1 verse 3 to 5 says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, then look at this, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you've heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. What's it saying in Colossians? It's saying we have this hope in eternal reward. We have this hope laid up for us in heaven. It spoke a little bit about this as well in 1 Peter that we read just now. But the fact that we have hope that not only are we living for Jesus now and we enjoy his good gifts and his grace now, as we live for him, he's going to reward us for all eternity. What a hope. It means we can uh, not have some things in, 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 our, in an earthly sense. It means that we can, we can give up on, on some of the things that you could experience here knowing that for all eternity we can experience reward that will never ever be defiled or will never ever fade. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that in heaven. You see, there is nothing else that can provide you and I with hope beyond the grave. Nothing. Our possessions can't. No matter how much we build up, it can't. Our medical aid can't. Can't give us hope beyond the grave. Our earthly relationships can't, no matter how much we try with those. Everything will fail when it comes to life beyond the grave, except Jesus. And he can only give us that hope because he came to earth and he was born and he lived as, as a person, fully God and fully man, that he died and he rose again, that he defeated death. Otherwise, there would be no hope for us beyond the grave. There would be no promises of future reward in heaven. So he proved that he conquered death and that he can do the same for us and that there's reward when we serve him. So some action points as we embrace the Christmas gift of hope. What are some action points for you and I? Well, firstly, if our hope is not in God, it means that we're trusting that something will provide a state of contentment and joy that's not yet realized, but it's never, ever going to be able to do that for us. It might do it in small increments or a little bit of contentment or a little bit of, uh, of joy, but never in the fullest sense. And so firstly, we need to give our lives to the God of hope. If you don't know him, give your life to the God of hope today. He is the only true source of hope.
that will never ever fail and that's the first action point if you've never given your life to the god of hope you can and you can experience all of that hope that your sin is forgiven hope in a relationship with him hope for eternal rewards hope that he's returning again so many things that gift of hope becomes yours secondly we need to understand the pathway to growing in hope you see if we can understand that it's going to help us to grow in hope now romans 5 verse 1 to 3 we're going to turn there and i absolutely love this incredible pathway it gives us to growing in hope this christmas season so romans 5 verses 1 to 5 listen to this therefore since we've been declared righteous by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ so this is we've given our lives to him already we've also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we rejoice in the hope of just who God is and what he's done in Christ in our lives. Now it gets more and more interesting here. Not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions, difficulties, trials, suffering, struggles, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Okay, so, so difficulty struggles, we rejoice in those, which is kind of a strange thing to do, but we, we rejoice in them because of what they can do in our lives and what God's planned for them to do in our lives. So we rejoice in these difficulties. Why? Because they produce endurance. Maybe another word would be maturity. So the way in which we deal with trials helps us to grow in our faith. It can either push us away from God if we blame God for it, but if we see the trials and what God might be trying to teach us or how he's bringing us through them, it can bring endurance, as it says here, maturity of faith, so we grow in our faith. What happens? So um, trials produce endurance. What happens? Endurance produces proven character. So as we endure, as we mature in our faith through difficult times, it shows our, our faith for what it really is. So our character grows. We become more like Jesus. We become people of integrity. We become people who the rest of the world can look in and see Jesus in us. So as our character starts to get worked on, look what happens. And proven character produces hope. Proven character produces hope because as we become more and more like Christ, as we allow him to work in our lives, we're so, much, we're so full of hope for a preferred future. Why? Well, because we're so full of hope for Christ and what he's doing in our lives because we're close to him and because we know him, we're walking with him, we're even more excited about hope for eternity and rewards laid up for eternity. And so we gain hope as a result. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so this hope that we, we receive and grow and develop it's never going to disappoint us. We're never going to be let down. We're never hoping in something that will fail us. Why? Because God, the King of the universe, has poured himself into us. He's come to earth. He's died on the cross for us. He's come over Christmas and he's poured himself into us and into our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the challenge, if you want to grow in hope, if you want to grow in, in what hope is, know that there's a pathway. You can read it here in Romans 5, and it's a really challenging one. It's difficult times or trials and how we respond in them brings us in endurance and, and maturity of faith. From there, that makes us more like Jesus. And as a result of being more like Jesus, we grow in hope. So that's the challenge for each of us today as we move on. And finally, final thing. We give our all 
so that others may see this hope? Why do we why do we live all out for Jesus when it's difficult? Why do we uh, pursue church life and get stuck into church life at our different harvest sites? And, and why do we, we passionately uh, want to make disciples? And why do we um, spend time with God? Why, why do we give up certain things in order to follow Christ? Why do we do that? Why do we toil and strive? 1 Timothy 4 verse 10. Read that at the beginning. We'll close off with it. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who's the savior of all people, especially to those who believe. The reason why we toil and strive, the reason why we live all out for the God of hope is so that others might see hope. So we toil and strive because we have a hope set on God. We already have a hope set on God, who is the savior of all people, especially to those who believe. Not everyone's going to turn to God. We can't make that happen. But what we can do is be faithful and toil and strive with our hope set on God so that others might see the God of hope. And so that's my prayer for us uh, as we think on the God of hope over Christmas. Those three things. Firstly, if you don't know the God of hope, that you'd give your life to him. Secondly, that we would grow in hope and we would learn the process to grow in hope. And thirdly, that we would be hope bringers to a world in desperate need of true, fulfilling, 100% sure hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are the God of hope. I want to thank you that you are the hope bringer. I want to thank you that the, the incredible Christmas gift that you gave us is that you came down, you died on the cross for us, you rose again, and as a result, you've given us hope and hope everlasting. Thank you that hope is the belief that good is coming. And thank you that when it comes to a relationship with you, good is coming. When it comes to you returning, good is coming. When it comes to us having the privilege of being part of making disciples of all nations, good is coming. Thank you that when we think of you returning, good is coming. Thank you that when we think of eternity and rewards forever, good is coming. Father, what an absolute privilege. I pray for across all sites now, everyone listening, everyone tuning in. Maybe even right now in this moment. Take a short moment to respond to God. I don't know where you sit when it comes to taking in the hope that he's brought, that he brings, but it's, it's your opportunity to receive the gift of hope. So Heavenly Father, I pray right now, wherever we are, wherever we are on the journey of faith, that we will receive your gift of hope this Christmas for every need of life. If you're feeling hopeless right now, Holy Spirit, bring hope to the hopeless. If you've got your hope in the wrong things, Father, may you change that area of hope and put it solely and squarely on you. Help us in that process. And ultimately, Father, may we be hope bringers to a world in desperate need. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us uh, this Sunday. What an absolute privilege and a joy. Uh, we're so excited about the run into Christmas. We, we can't wait to see what God has in store for, for next year even. And, and, and we're praying into those sorts of things. If you want to have someone pray with you or connect with you as the office, please get in touch. Uh, if there's any other way we can serve you and support you, please let us know. And, and just remember, we haven't said this for a while, but we want to encourage you to be taking next steps in your faith. So I'm not sure what that is for you right now, but take a step towards Christ and you'll never, ever be the same. Hope you have a brilliant, brilliant day. Bye for now.